everyone get help when you need it. It is so important. Use my code BETTERHELP. No, I'm just kidding. Good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Harley, and this is the Ranch Collective Podcast, where we talk with Western industry professionals to share, educate, and give a platform to those in the industry and to give those who are outside of it a look at the day-to-day by having real conversations with guests. Before we hop into today's show, this is my very last episode for season four, and right now I am not 100% sure when I'll be returning for season five. We are going through some really big changes as we head into autumn this year, the biggest of which is buying a house. Guys, we have never owned a home together, and we're currently under contract on a brand new build about 30 minutes away, and buying a house is something we've been working for since we moved to Austin and in Nevada before we moved to Texas, so we're really, really excited, and we'll be moving hopefully by the end of October, but maybe later. So when I bring back new episodes, we'll really be dependent on that. When I launched the podcast the very first time, uh, we were moving to Austin and we'd settled on a date and then that wound up not being the date. And I launched like the day after we moved and it was so much. Um, and I don't want to do that again. That was just, it was too much. So I will likely be coming back close to the start of November in about eight weeks. I'm also launching some new services over at Pullage Co., the photography business that Josiah and I run together. And that will cater more exclusively to smaller businesses, ranches, farms, and allow us more freedom and joy in what we're shooting. So to keep up in between seasons, please come join me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active as at Ranch Collective Podcast or at Pollage Company. Today's guest is Lindsay, better known as at West Warren on Instagram. And as mentioned, she is my final guest for the season. Last week, we had so much fun and today is no different. We are talking about how vet tech knowledge has helped her in ranching some red flags for your working dogs for both heat stroke, hypothermia, um, some of the things that she, re- she regularly does for her dogs, and then what she wants you to know from a member of your vet team. This episode was so such an absolute joy, and it's a perfect way to wrap up my season. So I will be back with new episodes soon. Thanks so much, you guys, and here's the show. Hey, you guys. Before we hop into the episode today, I'm going to take a quick break so I can tell you more about the other business under our company umbrella, Pulch Company. Josiah and I run a photo business where we focus on Western weddings and business content shoots, but we also sell prints of our land and ranchscapes. Have you ever been hiking, camping, or even just looking around your home? You look at a view, think, wow, I wish I had a photo that could do that justice. Us too, all the time. That's why we share our Western prints. Currently, we're offering three of our favorite prints, Barbed, which is a barbed wire fence in Washoe Valley in northern Nevada, featuring a snow-capped Mount Rose in the background. Green, which is the tassels and leaves of a corn stalk bathed in the Texas sunlight. And finally, Take Life by the Horns, which features a horned bull from the Brinkman Ranch in Fresco, Texas, gazing at the camera. All of the prints are available either as a standard print, think like wall art that you'd frame, which features a deep matte surface, rich colors, pure whites, or a metal print on a brushed aluminum box that really showcases natural colors and metal textures. They're available in 12 by 18 or 20 by 24 inches. To see more information or to purchase a print, you can find the direct links in the show notes for this episode, or you can search Polish Company on Etsy. To check out other products and services offered by our business, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook under Polish Company. That's P-O-L-I-C-H Company. So one of the first things I wanted to get into, because I don't think we did before, is you're a vet tech, correct? That's like the technical title? Yes. Um, yes. Okay. 
first of all, before I get into anything, anything that Lindsay says today is not medical advice. It's a personal opinion expressed on a podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, that being said, can you kind of, um, explain like what education is required to be a vet tech? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually lucky for me, lucky and unlucky. So there are two kinds of vet techs. There's a registered vet, vet technician and there's just a vet technician. And it sounds a little lesser. I mean, I am lesser, so I'm not registered. So I didn't actually go to school for it. I started as a kennel assistant about seven years ago. And I learned all the medications and I learned how to restrain dogs. And I learned how to give vaccines. I learned everything from the ground up. So a registered vet, vet technician actually goes to school for it. They have bachelor's degrees in it. They go to all this training and I'm, my boss calls me homegrown. So I didn't, uh, I actually didn't go to school for it. I've done a lot of, it's called continued education. So I've done some CEs where I learned something new and kind of bring it to the table um, and kind of perfect my skills at certain stuff, but I did not go to school for it. And I, my hats off to the girls and men that do go to school for it because it is intense. Um, so there's certain things I can't do, you know, I can't intubate a dog. I can't, um, there's certain medications I'm not allowed to give because that's a registered tech job or a vet veterinarian job. So I I'm limited a little bit, but I've been doing it long enough that I'm, I know most of it. <laughs> Okay. So, um, when you are not, when you do what you did, which is not go to school for it, do you get more like than on the job training? So like that, that will train you how to do X, Y, and yeah. Z inside of their practice. Can yes. you take that to another practice and they'll just like kind of gauge where you're at as opposed to having like a technical certificate or license? Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I could leave I could work at any other vet clinic and kind of, they would assess and judge exactly where I could fit in. Um, you know, that every work and every job has their clicks and their rankings, if that makes sense. So I would, if I were to ever quit this job, I would not jump to another vet clinic and be like, Hey, I know more than you guys. And I'm going to do all this. You know, you kind of have to find your way and see, what, what, what exactly you're allotted to do and, uh, how much you can, that, that will allow you to do, if that makes sense. Can you kind of share, um, I know we said that like, this is not like official advice, but there's some like very basic yeah. things that maybe somebody might not recognize. I know one of the things that we talked about is, um, recognizing like the signs of heat stroke in animals, which, uh, we're coming yeah. into the summertime. Like by the time this gets released, we'll be in summertime and that might be uh, yeah that's right some useful information for people if you don't mind sharing yeah no absolutely so it doesn't overheat we don't have dogs in my county overheat too often because i mean the hottest it gets here is like a hundred on a really bad day and that's like three times a year which is really oh i lost you hold on anyways um so when it gets when a dog is overheating, you will notice that they are zoning out. They won't blink a whole lot. They're panting out of control. 
they almost can't calm down the few times I have seen it. Um, you know, I've seen it with a couple dogs, even in my work and outside of my work that are working cattle. They just can't quite catch their breath. Uh, a couple, you know, the clinical side and the, and the doctor side of it is to be as calm as you can, because if you're really hyped up, that's going to make your dog more hyped up and you want them to be as calm as you can. Um, I wouldn't suggest some people like to throw them into water troughs to instantly cool them down. That has a, there's a pro and con to that because of, of course you are cooling the dog down, but their body is already in shock from overheating. So you don't want to throw them into a cold water trough and give them that shock as well. Cause that won't necessarily help. So what I do for my own dogs, if they, if I notice them getting super hot is to just find a shady spot let them lie down, maybe put some cold water on maybe just their paws and their ears. Don't dump water in there, but put it on your hand and just put it on their ears. Cause that's a good cooling system for them. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't necessarily suggest throwing them into cold water because that's just a totally separate shock that you don't want your dog to have to deal with. If that makes some sense. Yeah. I know when, um, we had Xerxes overheated the first summer we were down here. And, um, we were out, like we were walking outside oh, yeah. and, um, he just like laid down and decided he was not moving anymore. And so Josiah went and got his truck. Like we put him in the, God, it was so fucking hot. Like the bed of the truck was hot, but like, that was how we had to get him home. We were like yeah. a mile from the house and mm-hmm. we were, we're he's hundred pounds. We're not carrying him. Sorry, but we cannot. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. So he ran home, got the truck. We put him in the truck and then got him, um, inside the house and we like got a bunch of towels wet and put them yeah that's another good one that's that's another good one and it's it's good you know the biggest thing for any emergency and any you know heat stroke if by car anything emergency related it's just big thing is for you to stay calm because they, they sense you, they're your dog. And if their heart rate is already up and then your heart rate skyrockets and they're like, what's going on. It's just a little, little too much. So so good on you for staying calm and just getting them in the house and putting some, some coldness on him. That was all Josiah. Like I would not, if he wasn't like a hundred percent sure of what he was doing, I would have been freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Well, it's scary. It's scary when your dog isn't acting right. Even if it's something small, you know, even if it's like, you know, they're sneezing too much. I thought, I'm like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Yeah. We had an issue with Jack with his, with my, for those listening, my Jack Russell Terrier. Um, yeah. He was having like skin issues and it turns out. So like they were down at the in-laws for like a week and a half when the snowstorm happened out here last year. Oh, uh-huh. and, um, they came home with, we didn't realize it was fleas. We just thought they were like itchy because they sleep outside down there. Um, so yeah. they're like, okay, they got bugs, they got bug bites or itchy, whatever. And then right. Jack started pulling out his own hair. And we were mm-hmm. like, oh, like we treated him for fleas. And so we're like, that's probably fleas. So we treated him. He didn't stop. Turn out turns out, yeah. So then we were like, change his food, change like our laundry detergent, like change it all the things you're supposed to do. And then finally we just were like, oh, we have to take him to the vet. He just yeah. seemed really, really itchy. He wasn't like beyond that wasn't bothered by, but we tried like. 10 different dog shampoos, like could not figure it out. We finally took him to the vet and they're like, yeah, he has a skin infection. And it's, it was a skin infection caused by the fleas because 
he was uh, they're like they're like trying really hard not to call us bad, bad dog owners but they're like no. the, fleas weren't, the fleas weren't treated soon enough because we didn't realize i guess that that's oh. what was going on right away Got it. oh like he dogs get allergies like maybe he's allergic to something because now there's a bunch of snow and then it got really hot right away right um so we were like it could be all these things going on and then finally we we're like duh fleas and so we had to get rid of the skin infection and then wait for all of the like skin infection stuff to heal and then we realized that Xerxes had it too but he's long haired so like it's not as apparent in him because his hair yeah yeah it's a lot skin infections are tough to deal with and my again my hat's off to you because it's a long process and a lot of antibiotics and a lot of different things to help control it and if you've done it once you can feel the pain but it's not it's not fun (laughs) no well it's um interesting now because now like as soon as he gets itchy i'm like where's the medicated shampoo <laughs> i'm gonna dump it all over it covered. we need it yeah yeah well now as soon as they come back like the day we get back or the following day but usually it's the day we get back or before we even leave the ranch we'll give them like a really solid bath and then they get treated as soon as we get home if, if it's yeah yeah it's it's always important to treat for especially ticks out here you guys probably have ticks too huh you have do you have bad ticks yeah um not so much where my in-laws live because it's like desert but where we were at when we lived in north texas yeah yeah it's the so my dogs and we encourage most of the dogs owners in our and and cat owners in our community to just be on flea and tick all year round because if you get one they just can multiply so fast and mm-hmm. ruin your life. So my oh, yeah. on everything on the first of the month and we don't, we don't even hesitate. It's like, here you go. Goodbye. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, here it is. You're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're good. Don't itch. I don't want to hear. I, I had a flea on me the other day because I went hiking up in the long grass and I had a flea and I came inside and I said, oh, like I was freaking out and I had to deal with dogs all day, but I haven't had a flea on me in a long time. So I took a shower. I immediately washed on my sheets and, you know, I know what it was from, but I flipped out. So we can't have those. <laughs> yeah. Especially like when you're someone who works with animals, like you can't be the one bringing that to other people's pets. Oh yeah. No, I, absolutely not. I'm, I am flea free at all times. <laughs> so in the case of like, mostly the opposite animal gets really, really cold. Like I know every single year when it cools off, maybe not as much like where you live, but even here, like where I live, where it doesn't really get cold. They're like, if you're cold, they're cold. Let them in. Like you see that stuff appearing in like October. Yeah. I have a lot of feelings about that, but that's a different conversation to have. Um, (laughs) if you think your dog might be like really, really cold, is it kind of the same situation, but like in reverse, like maybe you do warm towels or like a heating pad or a warm water bottle under a towel or something like that? Yeah, it's honestly, even for my own dogs, I have one dog that it could be raining, snowing, whatever, and he wants to be outside. I do make him go in the garage or one of our offices at night just because I don't know, we have bears here and I just don't want to deal with the trauma of one of my dog's having a bear attack. Cause I don't want to deal with all the medication and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, when a dog gets super cold though, you know, the best thing you can do is give them a dog house. And if you don't want to bring them in, you know, you give them a dog house that way they can kind of curl up and be tight in a little ball. 
I haven't experienced too many dogs with like an extreme hypothermia, but I always get worried to do electrical blankets just because if it, I mean, if you're watching the dog and it's close by, I guess you could kind of put the warm blanket or the heating pad on, but those hot water bottles can burn them really easily. I have seen them get burnt by them. Um, so you just want to be careful with that. You know, anything you're doing, just be careful, put an extra towel around it. So maybe it's a little bit of warmth, um, and, you know, bundle them up if you can. I know. Oh my God. Okay. PSA to all you dog owners who love their dogs a lot. Carhartt makes dog jackets. They're 50 bucks. I have, I have four of them. (laughs) Okay. I've got, we've got one. Um, they range from, and they're all. I believe they're all the same price, whether it's an extra small or an extra large, um, extra, extra large might be like a little bit more, which yeah, there they are. Um, <laughs> you're like, I got big <laughs> Listen, our German shepherd is never wearing a jacket. He never would want, ever want one. Um, but before yeah, we, I went on my <laughs> trip when my dogs were down at my in-laws during the snowstorm, we got Jack a Carhartt and you know what? Thank goodness we did because they got like three inches of snow and they're like on the border. So yeah. Yeah. Those, those Carhartt jackets are nice. My, I have one girl dog and three boy dogs and she prefers it. My bigger male, what I was talking about that like prefers to sleep outside. He will not, he does not want a jacket on and that's fine. He's got two layers of hair. He's fine. But, uh, the, I bought them just in case and they work great. I'm, I'm pleased with them. Yeah. The one we really like the one that we have and when it's cold, we'll put on and he's always happy to have it on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Unrelated, but we're still talking about yeah. dogs. So it's kind of related. So one time we were camping when we lived up near Reno and it was October. So it's starting to cool off. Like after we came for reference, after we came off the mountain, like a snowstorm started. So it was cold enough to be snowing the night before we were camping up there. We were like playing beer pong and the water was freezing in the cups because uh, we don't play with beer in our cups because that's fucking gross. Um, (laughs) We play with water in the cups and then we drink it, but it is gross. (laughs) So I did not realize that until someone pointed it out to me. They're like, you're fucking drink. They're like, think about all the hands that are touching those balls and shoot. They're like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm like, how many fraternity houses did I play beer pong in? Oh my God. So many, so many. <laughs> Thinking about it now, I'm horrified, especially in a post COVID world. I'm horrified. You're right, um, right. <laughs> but the water was like freezing in our beer pong cup. So it was that cold. Josiah's like got his car, this picture of Josiah with his car hard on with Jackie tucked right in the front of it. Oh, how cute. I love that. Oh, you should post it. I want to see it. Okay. I'll find, I've, I will at minimum text it to you because it's very cute. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> but okay. So what are um, some ways that like the knowledge that you've learned through your job, like what are some ways you kind of take out home to the ranch when you're doing um, branch stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little different just because the, uh, the size of the animals is a little different. So I did learn through my work, my town job, how to give a vaccine, you know, how to tent the skin, which needles are bigger, how to draw up a vaccine gun. I did learn all that at work. And then I married a cowboy and, you know, I was like, oh, you're giving vaccines to these cows. I don't, that's my job. I'm, I can do that. So I did learn it in that way. I would say, you know, if there's a little bottle calf or we're branding and the calf needs to be kind of restrained so we can give it its vaccines, 
I have learned how to do that because I know how to restrain a big old mastiff. So I can definitely restrain a little calf now. Um, but I think all in all, you know, you take little things and you, and you can bring them to each job. So those are the main things I've learned now. Maybe how to like check. I mean, I always check my dog's feet now, always every day because foxtails, splinters, anything can get in their feet. So I always check them. And now I check the cow's feet. So when they're going through the shoot, I look at their feet and actually my pet cow, Pam, she had a big old stick lodged in between her feet. Poor baby. And so it just, you know, from, from knowing to check animals' feet, I looked down at hers and I was like, oh shit, you know, and I pulled it out and I could smell, this is so gross. So sorry. I know <laughs> this is probably gross to everyone. I could smell that there was some sort of infection. So I don't know if it, had, it was a little muddy at that time. So I don't know if like some water got around it and it just got that rotty smell, but I was able to put some antibiotic spray in there and kind of leave her be because there's no way I'm going to hold her down and, you know, <laughs> wash it out because she's not yeah. going to stand for that. Uh, but I did, you know, I fixed it and that was, that made me feel good. <laughs> yeah. We had, um, a calf get cut some cut up somehow in one of the pastures. And so by the time we think it happened like in an evening after we checked because we went in the morning to check cows. Um, mm-hmm. the leg was really swollen. So we're like, okay, well this happened sometime between last night and now, unless it was off doing yeah. that was what in the forested part of the property. Um, yeah. and so we had to like, obviously separate it and put it over in like the hospital bay over by our house. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad because so our calves there weren't really like handled. The cows weren't really handled by people. They were a little more wild. Yeah. Um, and so this poor, ugh, this poor sweet angel baby was like newly off mom, like newly eating grass. Okay. Yeah, like yeah. the other babies hadn't even been weaned yet. So like still was partially, um, n- nursing. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's not the word I'm looking for, but that's the word that's coming out. Um, Good enough. I know what you mean. Everyone will know. Everyone will know. Um, <laughs> and I felt so bad for him. All he did was like cry. And then we had to catch him to treat his leg. He was, he was still little. So like, yeah, get, like catchable and like wrestleable for just yeah. I, not me. I'm a delicate flower. Um, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um. Come on, Harley, you're not getting in there wrestling the cows. Get in there. Uh, I did not. I was mostly in charge of, um, I was going to make a snarky comment about beating the moms away from the calves, but that's not a good look. So I was mostly in charge of like making sure the mama cows didn't get Josiah while we were like tagging calves and checking calves. Um, Yep. Perfect. But so that was my job. I was not in charge of wrestling the calves because God forbid one of the cows get past. Yeah. Josiah was an employee of the ranch. Technically I wasn't. So I would, my liability wouldn't have been covered is a big part. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You stay out of there. Delicate flower. We don't want you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, oh, so Josiah had to like wrestle this poor little calf to the ground and was like treating the leg and you could just hear him all the way, like across you just crying and fussing. And you're just like, we're yeah. trying to help you. You dumb idiot. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's that's always been tough for me because when they cry, I'm like, don't you know how hard I am trying to help you? I'm not doing this to hurt you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel so like that's I, the story that. of working with animals is don't you know how hard I'm trying to help you? My own dog. I had to take one of my own dogs into the clinic last week and he he broke his leg a couple years ago. So he's very fearful of the clinic and he's a big dog and he's protective of me. So I always muzzle him, you know, just in case. And he was crying and I looked at him in the face and I looked at his eyes. I said, can you please stop? I said, I don't want to have to sedate you. I want to make this easy and take care of you. And my boss looked at me. She's like, well, he doesn't speak English. I'm like, yes, he does. <laughs> but anyways, the, sto- the story goes, we had to sedate him and we got whatever was out of his ear. We got it. So, you know. Well, they don't listen. Josiah and I have both been bitten by Xerxes during the course of trying to care for him. So, oh yeah, they don't. I wish they could speak English. It's like my biggest, my biggest wish. If I have, if I was a genie and I had three wishes, one of the wishes would be, I want to communicate with animals and animals to communicate to me. Maybe not all of them. I'll pick and choose which ones. <laughs> well, the way I think of it is I'm like, okay, well, a toddler, right? A smart toddler, like still can't use their like English words to communicate. So like, that's right. like the level that we're dealing with. So like right. your animals, your, at least your personal animals understand that you're not going to try to hurt them. They understand that like right. accidents happen, like you might accidentally step on them or whatever. Um, right. But they know you're not like trying to hurt them. They just don't have any other way to communicate that. Like they're at their threshold where their pain is yeah. or their anxiety. I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like well, the worst. Yeah, I, I agree. And I see it every day. And it's nice when, you know, the dogs do recognize us and they do kind of, it's like, it's okay, calm down. And they can calm down and make it easy. And it's nice when it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you able and or willing to like, kind of share some of the like things you've experienced as like a vet tech, like what one of the cool, like really cool things that you experienced was and like, what's something you wish that like everyone knew when they bring their animals into a vet's office? Yes. Okay. Let me try to think about my, uh, the coolest one I can. So there's been a couple that really stand out to me that, that are pretty intense, but fixed and everything's good. Um, there was one cat that came in and I'm not so much of a cat person. I have cats, but I'm more of a dog person. And this cat came in and this cat's not very friendly. And she had been vomiting a lot. And the owner said, I don't know. I don't know. She couldn't have gotten into anything. Then her toys are ripped up. She's going to the bathroom. Okay. But she keeps throwing up more like, okay, well let's, you know, let's see what we can do on her. So we felt her, the boss felt her, she didn't feel anything weird. And then, so we asked the owner, you know, is it okay if we take an x-ray? And we went in and took an x-ray and this freaking cat had swallowed a dime. A dime? A dime, like 10 cents, stick of gum. Where did you get the dime? So he, and he doesn't know. And he's still, the owner unfortunately has since passed away, but he did, he did not know where the cat got the dime. It, it was an undisclosed, I mean, no one knew. So we did have to go in surgically. It wouldn't come out. It was kind of stuck on the wall of one of the intestines. So we did have to go in and uh, get it out. And I still have the picture where I was like, 
you know, look at this clean dime and then look at this dime that's been in a cat for a week. It's, it was such a weird thing. And um, I don't know, I, that one always really sticks out to me. And, and I like, I like to tell it because the cat's okay. Now the cat still is mean. She's really ornery, but I look at her every time she comes in, in English and say, we, I'm helping you. I couldn't have helped you any more than we already have. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I um, always, I love hearing stories where like, and after, afterwards they're totally fine. I don't want to hear the ones where they're not fine. Do not yeah. tell me about them. Um, but like animals or like little kids eat like weird shit. And you're like, yeah. Well, why did you eat a bottle of simple green? I don't know how you're alive, little kid. And it's like, they're fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, my friend's dog um, ate a rug when he was a puppy. Oh, my gosh. And she, like, realized, like, she saw the rug that was all messed up. And they took him in, like, right away. And they were able to, like, get yeah. it built quickly. But I'm just, like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just so. We had an owner come in that said, my dog is, again, throwing up. And I don't know why he's losing weight. And we took a x-ray of its body and luckily she had gotten pet insurance when he was a puppy he had ended up eating two balls of socks like not loose socks they were in a ball together so he had eaten four socks and it was all stuck in there and we got those out too and I asked I said do you still want these and she's like no <laughs> my disgusting. my dog polar who lives with my dad now who's she's old um uh-huh she loved to eat my socks and I could never figure out where the hell all my socks were going. Oh God. And then I realized like, one day I was like picking up her poop. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? She ate all your socks. Yeah. She ate them. Such a pain. Such and a I'm pain. like, where are you finding them? Yeah. Right. Where are they? Exactly. Where did you get that? It's wild. It's wild what dogs will do and what they come out of and they're resilient. They're resilient little fuckers. Not they are. Yeah. Oh, and I, the second part of your question, I guess I would say what I hope everyone knows. Is that what you asked me? Like, yeah, I, I want, you mean like how, from my point of view, I want everyone to know that we, I, we know that you guys care about your animals and we are doing our damnedest to do the best we can to take care of your animal, you know, as at the highest level. Um, I think a lot of people they're in a panic and we're, we have to stay calm. That's our job is to stay calm. When people are panicking, we have to stay calm for the animals because we're the ones treating them. So I wish that everyone would know, you know, we're trying our best. And, and when you lose an animal, it, I know how hard it is and I'm not discounting it at all we want you to know that we love that animal too. And it is just as hard on us. And we feel so badly for each and every single person, because it's, you know, once you've treated all these animals in a community community, it's like all these animals are yours and it's, you know, you've seen them at their worst and you've seen them at your, their best. You've seen them as a puppy and now you're seeing them as, as an older dog and it's difficult. And so I just would, I would want to tell everyone that we care about the animals so much and we're really, you know, thank you for entrusting us with their care all these years. If that, if that's what you meant by the question. It is. Well, and that brings, um, to mind something a little bit 
darker and like, we don't have to get into it, but no. I know that, um, people involved in like the veterinary field have a really, really high rate of depression and of suicide. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very, I mean, I've seen, I personally don't know anyone that has, uh, taken their life, which I feel very fortunate for, but I do know several women and men in this industry, um, that suffer from a large amount of depression. And I'm not afraid to say it. I talk to someone once a week, you know, because this job is hard. You, you are, it's hard to lose animals. You know, animals are close. Everyone loves animals. If you don't like animals, get your, get out, see yourself out the door, you know? So all these people that like love these animals and then they're losing these animals and we're losing these animals. It's freaking difficult. It's really hard. And, you know, I feel so terribly that people get to the point where they can't, um, come back from it because they don't deserve that. And they really have done their best. And it's just, it is a hard, it's a hard field. It's a hard line of work and you, you sign up for it and you deal with it the best you can and get help if you need it. Like I am. (laughs) That's the real takeaway from this episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everyone get get help when you need it. It is so important. Use my code better help. No, (laughs) But I do, I did use better health and it has worked. I mean, the, I've met people, the counselor and it's great. So if I don't have a discount, on code, that's not what I'm into. But if you guys want to check out better help, it's great. I suggest it for everyone at all times. I guarantee your other favorite podcast probably has a discount code. So whatever else yeah. you're listening to, they probably have. <laughs> they do. They all of them. Yeah. There's so many a podcast that, and that's how I got it is through a podcast. So Go, go get some help. Everyone, you deserve it. (laughs) Maybe I'll link to them in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A shout out. (laughs) Yes. Sponsor my show. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, I forgot where I was going to go. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about before I asked my last couple of wrap up questions? Let me think. Um, not necessarily. I mean, I feel thankful for everyone that follows me and has been with me through this whole journey. And, you know, a big shout out to one of my best friends, Devin for, you know, we started that podcast and I know we talked about that earlier. I, I feel very lucky to have started this with her and then continued on and met all these great people. Um, I just feel really fortunate to live this life and, and I thank you for reaching out and wanting to talk to me and means a lot so thank you okay well (laughs) we decided from like day one that we're already best friends so oh yeah (laughs) it's been decided very early on so you can't (laughs) escape me now you won't escape me good love that for me (laughs) (laughs) love that Um, for your journey (laughs) (laughs) all right um if someone really wants to they're hearing this and they're like I love animals. I want to help them. I want to, you know, be a vet tech where, where would you suggest they start? I would suggest starting honestly at your local animal shelter. They, there's a lot of knowledge in there and they're always looking for volunteers and they're always looking for extra help. Or, you know, even if you just want to see what it's about, most shelters or rescues, or they will allow you to come in. Um, 
you know, there's definitely college courses. There's lots of classes that you can take, or you can start, um, when you're a little younger, but if you want to do it, my route, you know, I started working at the animal shelter when I was, I think it was 19 years old and I worked there for four years and I gained so much experience about, you know, about animals. And that led me to where I'm at. Um, so, and, and it's always good to volunteer and help with animals. It's, there's no downside to helping, you know, and then you can learn at the same time. So it's a, it's a two birds, one stone kind of deal. That's something I've talked about with like a number of guests on this podcast, as far as like getting experience in stuff that requires technical skills, but maybe you don't want to go to school for it or don't have the ability to go to school for it, um, is like volunteering your time because there's always like a shelter or a ranch or a farm or something like that, that can use help. And I remember like, okay, well, when I wanted experience, I went and I cleaned stalls and like, that's how I got experience doing stuff. And like, yeah. And most jobs want you to have some experience. So it looks good no matter what, and it feels good. I mean, there's, there's not too many downsides to it. So yeah, I would always say volunteer, find an animal shelter. They are looking for volunteers and they, they will take you. I promise. <laughs> Excellent. Um, sorry, that was super weird. I like had to burp, but it like, wasn't, um, <laughs> not quite there yet. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Of everything you've done in like your whole life, what are you most proud of? Um, I would say I'm, I'm most proud of who I have become. Um, I, I, everyone has a tough childhood and, and I get that. And I, I'm no person that I have had that too. I had, I grew up and it was pretty tough and I feel really proud of how strong I've become and, you know, work is tough, but you put your head down and do it. And marriage is tough and you put your head down and you do it and you reap the benefits of it. Um, I, I just feel proud for how far I've come, you know, as a daughter and as a friend and an older sister to my little brother. I just, I feel I feel proud to be here where I'm at. I love that. That is, that is so sentimental. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's the idea. Like I want it to, I want you to think about like what you're proud of and share that with people. Because first of all, I don't think we, not we, you and I, but we, the general, we, yeah. uh, we don't do that enough. So no. here you go. I, I feel <laughs> I feel pretty proud. And, you know, I, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, born in this life and I feel super proud that I've even just in my tiny community, you know, I've become, I feel like I've become someone that people can rely on and and trust and I can do a job and get it done. And I like that people can trust me to do that. And, uh, yeah, it feels good to, to do that not to be so self-serving and all that, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And then my final thing, if anyone wants to follow along with you online, where can they do that? Oh yeah. Okay. So my Instagram handle is at out West Warren. Um, and I chose that title because out West is kind of, that's where I live. My last name is Warren. Um, and out West is also, you know, countryside cattle it has everything on one so my handle has the who what when where's and why but that's I, I thought it was fitting so if you guys want to follow along that's where I'm at 
and I have, I have some big things coming in the works, which I'll tell you off the air. Um, and I'm really excited to share this and, and be a part of everyone's journey. And I, I appreciate all your guys' love and support. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to connect with me on social media. It's at Ranch Collective Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And subscribe to the podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. See you next week.